We hope you enjoy our homily podcast. Please consider supporting the ministry of Our Lady of Lourdes by donating to the Future Full of Hope Capital Campaign at lourdesdenver.org. We are so grateful for your support. Good evening, everyone. So one note, we might actually come back to this. I don't really know. We'll see. Uh, so many things in our reading tonight, of course, but one, two, one, maybe two quick things I want to mention. First of all, in our second reading, we're not going to focus on that tonight, but at the beginning of 1 Corinthians, there's a lot of division happening. And pe- we don't think of this today. We don't think that division is that big of a deal in the church. If you are a source of division in the Catholic Church, that's a sin. And it's a grave sin. Maybe the the biggest theme in all of 1 Corinthians is that the miracle that happened in Christ Jesus is that sin makes all of us separated. It separates us. Right? When Adam and Eve fall to sin, they start blaming each other, and they fall into camps. And the Corinthian church is in camps. Well, I'm a tratty. Well, I'm a, you know, progressive. I belong to Father Brian. I belong to Father Sam. I, that's a sin. The miracle that happened in Christ Jesus is that when he died, he created a universal church. One church. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic faith. Brothers and sisters, that's so important. And I'm guilty of that sin, by the way. So it's not just to yell at you. Uh, it's also that. But you and I have got to work for unity. If you're not Catholic, you've got to wake up, read the New Testament. There's one church. That's all over the New Testament. There are not many churches. There is one church. And it does matter that we all think the same way as Paul said today in our second reading. Okay, are you sufficiently rebuked? This means yes, this means no. Okay, if you want more, I'll give it to you. Second thing, I just want to, I'm not preaching about this tonight. Uh, Tonight, Jesus calls four men to the mission of the priesthood. All of early Christianity universally sees the apostles as the first priests of the New Testament. We are at an all-time, we're at a 20-year low for vocations in the Archdiocese of Denver. Our church is thriving. Some of you men are called to priesthood. I don't know who you are, but you do. And I need, I need you to step up. We need men who will lay down their lives for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you don't step up, we're going to start having drawings after Mass. (laughs) All right? I'm just saying. Okay. But tonight what I really want to talk about is light and darkness. Our themes center around that tonight. Our responsorial psalm, we sang about how God is the light of our lives. Our first reading talks about this land of darkness and and the coming of light. And our gospel quotes Isaiah chapter 9, which was our first reading about Christ being the light that comes into the world. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a really dark place, and and first off, I don't want you to think emotionally, spiritually, or just life is hard. 
Have you ever been in literal, physical darkness? We don't have that as much in our time because light is cheap, right? With the invention of the light bulb, right? Thomas Edison, I'll see you in purgatory. Um, We have cheap light. And so we're not really used to darkness. But in Jesus' time, they were. They knew what darkness felt like. The, the, probably the closest I've ever come in my life, um, there's a valley up in the Sangre de Cristo Mountains in Colorado called the Wed Mountain Valley. And it's, it's maybe the most beautiful place in Colorado. Uh, it's absolutely, it's surrounded by 14ers. It gets more rain than any place in Colorado. And I remember when I, one year I went camping there with some friends and we placed our tent. We had like four tents, but my tent I placed in the worst possible place you could. And sure enough, that night a, a huge storm moved into that valley. And we found ourselves with an inch of standing water in our tent in the middle of the night. And I was, there's no way you can sleep in that. So, of course, so my, the, the guy in the tent with me, the two of us got up and we made a mad dash for my car, which was, I don't know, 500 yards away. Went running down the trail through the rain and tried to sleep in the car that night. But I couldn't. I just, I just couldn't sleep. I was freezing uh, and I just couldn't get comfortable and I, I just stayed awake the whole night. And I've never had a time in my life where the sunrise was so welcome. That night was a long night. And anyone who's ever been in darkness, in physical darkness, light is the most mystical, amazing thing. We use that, right, in our lives, and we, 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 we understand the analogy that physical light becomes a a symbol, a representation of something greater in our lives. All this talk about times of darkness, and we use that metaphor for when we feel alone or in despair, when we can't see the light. Maybe you've had that in your life. Right, I've had times in my life, I, I, there's a story I want to tell, but I, I think I'm going to hold off. But we've all been there. We've been, we've been in places where we're just, we can't see the light. Lord, where are you? And we want something to come and give us hope and meaning and truth. And, and what I want to push you on tonight is that God wants to do that not just for your life. He does want to do that in your life. But sometimes we want light where we just want a temporary thing that's just for me. My last assignment when I was up, up north, I remember being in a place where I just, I was like, God, I, this is so hard. It was a dark time in my life. And I need hope. But what about everybody else? <laughs> What about, what about the rest of the world? What about all the terrible things that are out there? Is there light for everyone? Brothers and sisters, tonight, the gospel of God, and I want you to think about this. 
The gospel of Jesus Christ tonight reminds us that he is the light of the world. And we cheapen that when we think God's role in our life is just to give us an earthly happiness. Right, God, oh, my job stinks. I work at Lord's. My boss is a tyrant. Would you give me light? That's not the gospel. Right? At, at our, I, when I go to my next parish, I can't pick on young people because like, this is like the only parish on earth that has all these young people in it. So I'm going to pick on you some more, right? When you're, when, like what we think, we think, God, where's your light in my life? My life's so dark. I'm not engaged. <sighs> where's, where's, my, where's my fiance? I, I sympathize. I don't have a fiance. <laughs> I don't have that. That is not the light of the gospel. That's not the light of the gospel. The light of Jesus Christ is not that he's going to find you a spouse. The light of Jesus Christ is that he brings joy and salvation and redemption to the whole world. I hate it when I make babies cry. <laughs> It's deeper. We've got to push our hopes deeper. Brothers and sisters, tonight in the gospel, Jesus goes to Galilee. Right? And here in Matthew chapter 4, Matthew quotes our first reading from Isaiah 9. Right? And he says, The land of Zebulun and Naphtali towards the sea, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. Jesus is the light of the world. Why is, why is Zebulun and Naphtali, why is that a land of darkness? Those are two tribes of Israel in the very north, and they were the first tribes to go into slavery and exile in the year 732 B.C. Because their sins led them into exile and slavery. That's the condition of the, of the world. Our sins create division, just like Paul's talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. The true sorrow is not that my, I don't make more money or that I don't have a fiancé or that I'm not... Maybe I don't, I can't have kids. Those are real things, and I don't mean to belittle them. I know those are real. I know they're painful. But there is something deeper. It's that my sin leaves me without God. It leaves me without an ultimate hope. Not just that things will get better in a year or in a decade, but that ultimately my life will find redemption. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. Brothers and sisters, you have a great light. The Jews, when they were in darkness, by the way, I love this, when they, when they had no hope, they said, we have broken every law of God that existed. You name it, we've broken it, and we know that's the reason that we seem like we're in such darkness. When they were in that place, what they did is they knew that God was faithful. 
Maybe that's you. Maybe in your life you say, you know what? I have broken every law that God has. I know I have. Is there hope for me? The Jews knew there was because God had told them there was. He had said, you know what? Even despite your sin, even despite the ways that you have disregarded everything I have taught you, there's hope. One of the biggest prophecies of hope is Isaiah chapter 40, verse 1. And God says, you've broken every law, but he says, you know what? I'm going to bring you comfort. He says, comfort, comfort my people. And the comfort, that word in Hebrew, the word comfort is Nahum. The place Jesus goes tonight in our gospel is he goes to Kafarnum, which in Hebrew means it's Kaper Nahum, the village of comfort. The Jews named their towns after promises of God. Nazareth is named as means branch. It's named after prophecy. It's another homily. The towns were named in hope. If you're in despair tonight, if you're one of those people, so many of us, we show up at Lord's, and I know you guys are the beautiful people, right? People say that to me. I, I've said it before, but people will come to me and they'll say, Father Brian, I can't go to Lord's. Everyone is so beautiful. I'm like, no, they're not. <laughs> people say that. They're like all the beautiful people that are perfect go to Lord's. But you know and I know how often all of us feel like we live in darkness. If you're in darkness tonight, brothers and sisters, there's hope. And here's your hope. That image of light, two, two quotes from Scripture tonight. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And in my life, Jesus, you are the light of my life. And through you, I have no promise that my life's going to be easy. I don't have a, a promise of a greater paycheck or a nice retirement or a fiancé. But I have the promise that I am loved and that my life will be redeemed. There's nothing better than that. First John says this. So John the Apostle says, This is the message we have heard from him, and we proclaim it to you, that God is light. And in him, there is no darkness at all. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Brothers and sisters, I know it's reasonable and it's, it's normal for us to question, is God really good? This is the message we have heard and we proclaim to you. God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie 
And we do not live according to the truth. Brothers and sisters, when you see the light of the world, the light of Christ, the light that calls us out of darkness, the day you were baptized, by the way, I was praying about this today because my homily last night was terrible. And I was like, Lord, what do you want me to say to these people? The day you were baptized, the priest or the deacon took your baptismal candle, he lit it from the Easter candle, and he said to you when you were a baby, maybe you were an adult, but most of you were probably babies, and he said to you, receive the light of Christ. Parents and godparents, this light is entrusted to you to be kept burning brightly. This child of yours has been enlightened by Christ. She is to walk always as a child of the light. You are a child of the light. You are not someone who believes that the world is ultimately going to be shrouded in darkness. Because Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. And so whatever you may have to go through, whatever cross you have in your life, and I know probably everyone in this church tonight has a cross, you are a child of the light. You are loved. Jesus Christ bled for your sins. He loves you. He rose from the dead for you. And the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. The second one is this from John chapter 1. Right? It doesn't feel that way, right? Sometimes it just doesn't feel that way. It just feels like this world's so dark. Last night I was at the Catholic Charities Gala, and, and they have this very powerful speaker. I left it in the middle of her talk because it, it started at 9 o'clock and went like an hour and a half. Don't tell her. But she was amazing. But she was talking about how, how she was conned into having four abortions. And she talked about the loneliness and the despair and those around her who pressured her. And I just thought, you just feel how dark that must have been. In John chapter 1, John the Apostle right, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him, and without him nothing was made that has been made. And here's the key. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it.